Let's welcome our today's guest, Malika Ahmad. Malika, am I pronouncing it right? You are. Thank Ariel. you. You got it. Welcome. Thank you. And um, if you have any questions to Malika, um, just go through the comments on LinkedIn. There you can type in your questions and hopefully I will see them. <laughs> Sometimes forget about them um, because I have a ton of things on the screen here that I'm checking. Anyway, um, Malika, welcome in this um, Coach Me to, Light, to Lead live show. And um, I have invited you uh, for a couple of reasons, but I think one of the main reasons was um, the interesting combination that you have with the work that you do and um, in your, I don't know, professional life and the work that you yeah. do at Coach of Me. I don't know how to, how to, yes. how to make a difference on that one. <laughs> you've got it. No, you, you've got it perfectly. Good. Um, how did you make the combination and when, when did you think about of making this this combination yeah you know i'd say it almost happens by accident erno <laughs> so you know i've i've been in kind of the interaction uh design industry and in corporate for about 23 years now um so I, you know i feel like i'm a, i'm a bit of a veteran there um over the past three years or so i became very um, entrenched in the world of habits. And so it's really interesting how it is that I am able to combine what it is that I'm learning about myself and about my teams um, around just habits, habits in leading my teams, habits in um, in design. And so it's it's really been a really interesting journey how I've been able to kind of combine both worlds. It's it's fun. I say it's, it's constant experimentation. I don't know. But you say design, what 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 do you design? Yeah, and you know, it's funny because I was laughing with someone yesterday. So um, I'm a service and interaction designer. And so when I tell people that, they're like, Malika, what is that? They're giving me that look you're giving me right now. What is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> and so when you think about service design, the, the um, official definition is um, really the planning and organizing of a business's service in order to optimize that business's operations and improve the way that you experience that service. So think about, Erno, um, compare two coffee shops in your neighborhood and why you might choose one coffee shop over another. So think about maybe a Starbucks and maybe like a mom and pop coffee shop. And think about why you would choose one of those coffee shops over the other. So at one, are you greeted with a smile? Um, is it really easy to order from one of those shops? Are you waiting along lines all the time? So really good service design is the reason that you might choose one coffee shop over the other. It's the reason why you might go back and the reason that you tell all your friends about it. So that's really how I describe service design and what it is that I do um, on the corporate side of things. And if I understood it right, you started with, with UX design, with website design, web shops, I'm not yeah. sure. So that's where, because that's how I understand in general, when you look at designing for an optimization, you know, to get more traffic or to get more um, conversions or to get more clients, to get more orders. Um, isn't that a kind of a, 
um, I would say it's strange, but that's not, that's not the word I'm looking for, but it isn't it kind of like difficult transition to go from like designing a website for up to, for optimized conversion or to optimize, you know, clients or visitors to doing a service. Yeah. You know, I, I think initially, you know, we might think that it's kind of a strange um, and difficult, um, combination but when you think about a service and you think about the ecosystem what a service comprises the service could be the website it's it's the website it's all the interactions that a service comprises it's the app it's the you know the walking in and and how it is that you're greeted so with service design you're really taking into consideration just all of the different pieces of the ecosystem that make that coffee shop work so web is ab absolutely you know a part could be a part of that um and I, I did start my career again as a designer you know just designing websites and and really more on the the interaction side and just making things look pretty and making them work and making them usable um for for people and companies so it's been a ride it's been a ride Arno. and and slowly you've also taking on more responsibility by managing people yes yes so within the last i would say four years i've, I've made the transition from just really being behind the screens um, and really doing the, the the design to leading teams which takes um there are different muscles that you're <laughs> really having to, to flex and to develop and to exercise when you're leading people, it's it's a grand and a very great um, responsibility, and I, I don't take it lightly. Do you think that the people that you lead now, because they are designers and they're more like um, technical people, is it easier for you because you have this background that they have? it's easy from the perspective of you know we speak the same language when it comes to design um but one of the things that i that i have and am still continuing to learn as as a leader is that everyone is is different it doesn't matter if we're all designers we all come from very unique backgrounds um and it's just really important that as a leader, lead leader, I get to know my people, my designers as these unique individuals who are bringing their unique selves to this project. Um, and so it's just really important to, for me, you know, to um, just really get to understand and to know the people and to appreciate not only who they are and what they bring to the table as designers, but like, who are you outside? of design like what do you like to do i mean what do you um are you an early riser are you someone who works late i mean these are things that as a leader we need to know these things so i'm like okay you know jane is you know she's not going to be really happy if i put a you know a 7 a.m call <laughs> on the calendar but hey you know erno might be really good you know with working until six o'clock so it's just just again, getting to know your, your people and getting to know um, really who they are beyond what it is they, they can do for you um, is, is super important. What did you feel was the most difficult part of for you transitioning, transitioning to this leader um, type of job? Oh my gosh, you know, um, the most, there were lots of difficult parts. <laughs> it wasn't really easy, but I think 
one of the big lessons I learned was delegating. It was really hard at first for, you know, for someone who is just used to really um, doing the brunt of, of the design work and to really just being able to say and, and to bring people in like, hey, you know what? I need help. <laughs> and being able to knock on the door and just say, you know what? Um, you know, things are getting a little tough here. I, I think I might need a little help. Um, and just, you know, being open about asking for help and, and, and honest in that. Um, you know, I, unfortunately, you know, I've, I've, uh, kind of been in situations where, um, and I've seen people just get burnt out. I'll say that just by <laughs> taking things on themselves and just not being willing to, to, to ask for help. So that's been a really big, um, piece. And it's something that my mentors always share with me. They're like, Malika, you know, it, it is okay to ask for help. It is very okay. In fact, you, you're, you can't do this alone. <laughs> It, I recognize this a lot in the, um, the clients that I work with because most of the yeah. time they are just like entrepreneurs or a management team and they have that's one of the toughest things that they have to learn is to you know to let go of some things that they're very used to do because the team is growing before they did this themselves and the team the persons in the team just do it a little bit different maybe not just yeah. up to do the standards in the beginning so it's very difficult to let go and to um you know, give uh, trust your people to to do the right thing yes. with the knowledge and the experience that they have. Exactly, exactly. And I think when you get to know your people and you know what their unique skills are and their interests are, yeah, you can you can trust and and just you know hand things over. It's not just about handing things over, but it's also about developing them and really giving them the opportunity to um just to flex their skills to build their skills and and to grow and i know that you have um followed a course on tiny habits and you have a certificate on that too how do you how do I you do. use do you and how do you use tiny habits in in your leadership Oh, that is such a good question. I, I love tiny habits. So I became a, a tiny habit certified coach in July um, of 2022. Um, and it's an amazing program. Um, it's a it's a method for behavior change that was pioneered by Dr. BJ Fogg. And he's the founder of Stanford University's Behavior Design Lab. And so how it is that I use tiny habits in my leadership and in my first of all, I would say I'll use it first and foremost in my life, in my personal life, because I think we have to, for me, it's it's just making sure that I'm doing these things personally and going personally before I even bring it to, <laughs> before I even bring it to the workplace. And so um, how it is that I, I apply it to my life and also into the workplace is to understand that it's okay to start small. It is very okay to start small. And when you start small, um, you're able to gain momentum and then ramp up to, to bigger behaviors. So for me at home, I do something called the Maui habit. So when my feet hit the floor in the morning, I say, today is gonna be a great day. And then I hug myself. And I know it may sound a little strange, but it is a really great way to really kickstart the day, right? Um, and so just this, this habit of, um, you know, doing something really small that really helps to create momentum um, throughout my day. 
Um, and so these are some of the, the techniques that I, I do bring into, into my leadership, just encouraging my, you know, my, my designers to, um, instead of, uh, you know, starting off on a project and just feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to, um, just bite up this huge chunk of, of a thing just to start really small and let's just, you know, start small let's just do this small thing, um, um, you know, each day and just take it bit by bit. And then we can add things on once you get more comfortable. Um, but those are just some of the ways that I, that I add in that, that tiny habits piece. Um, it's okay to, to start small. It is very okay to do that. Yeah. What I see mostly is when people want to accomplish some goal, they start you know, with this huge um, thing that they want to accomplish. And, um, and they think about all these ideas and things that you need to do to do that to get there and it's just so overwhelming right so um yeah this tiny to make it breaking up and, and start really small i think that's just um it lowers the barrier it, it it lowers the threshold it lowers um the you know the start you know the idea of when you when you're ready that you really will go and if if there's a huge list of things you need to do um, you know, your brain is easily um, tricking you and say, oh, we can't do that. We first have to do this or we have to first do that. Right. So that's so true. And, you know, and we start with the best of intentions, don't we? Right. We always, you know, we start these, whatever it is, right. It could be losing weight. It could be whatever. And we start, we're just so motivated. Right. And we're just like, yes, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week or you know, I've got this book and I'm going to read 20 chapters every day. Um, and the challenge with that is motivation is so fickle. It is so fickle. It is not reliable. And that's one of the reasons why starting tiny is, is such a great thing, because you really you can't fail when you start small. Right. Yeah. We can't fail. And um, for many of us, um, you know, we have to just master the art of showing up. If we can just master the art of showing up every day in some small way, you'll get there. You'll get there. How did you get to coach.me? Because that's next to the tiny habits is you joined at some point coach.me. How did why? Because isn't tiny habits enough? <laughs> you know, I think that, you know, I actually started with coach.me first, hmm. right? So I read Atomic Habits and then I was just like, you know, I've, I've got to, I was already doing health coaching. So I said, I've got to add habit design into my repertoire. And so I think I honestly, I was just doing a Google search and I came across coach.me and I started reading some of the articles I said, you know, this is, I've definitely got to join this program. And I mean, the rest is, <laughs> it's history, but, but um, I did feel the need. I did want to dive deeper. I'm always um, just looking to just expand and to grow. Uh, and of course, you know, we do teach, um, you know, starting small, the momentum method and coach.me, but I really wanted to dive deep into this area of tiny habits. And I wanted to go to the source. And so I, you know, I reached out and did some research and found out that, you know, Dr. Fogg has this amazing, you know, tiny habit certification. Um, and I felt like this would, would be a really great way for me to even better serve um, the clients that I'm working with and to really just have that expertise for helping them to design habits that work for them. Right. So how long have you been coaching next to your professional job? 
Oh my gosh, maybe about four years. Hmm. And how, how do you, how do you get that into your day if you're just working normal working hours? Yeah, it's called being creative. <laughs> it's called being very creative and very intentional with your time, Erno. Um, I do a lot of coaching um, on the weekends. Um, I do a lot of coaching in the evenings. Um, so I, you know, I do, I do get that time in. But it's, you know, I have to be very intentional um, with my time. I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of time blocking. So if you can see my calendar right now, it is just, it's so type A. It's just, <laughs> it's very intentionally laid out. So um, I've, I've become a uh, much better at, at kind of blocking out my time. And it's it's crucial. Okay, I have two directions I want to go. But first, let's, let's pick the one that's, um is interesting because the the thing that you're teaching now and who do you think because I, I think this is what people don't get is that it is like you said it is if you're creative you can do it you can do like coaching next to your job you know or you can yeah you have a full-time job and you still can find time to coach so who do you think that the program the habit certification the habit code certification program is is for who who should join you yeah, that's a great question, Erno. I think the program is really for anyone who loves habits like I do um, and who really has a heart to serve people who have goals, who just may not, you know, have the direction and the guidance and the accountability that they need to get started. Um, and I would say that it is the habit coaching uh, program, especially the way it's offered through Coach Dobby, it is very flexible. It is very flexible. Um, and I found that, um, you know, I can make it work. Um, you kind of still working and doing my corporate job. It is very flexible and and I love it. I, you know, I guess I'm biased, but I highly recommend it, of course. Well, the thing that I found was um, compared to a lot of courses who teach you about coaching is mm -hmm. uh, the differences that it really helped the program really helps you to build a product and um, the first steps to get your first clients. Um, yes. So it's, it's, it's not just about the coaching. It's also about building a coaching business. And that's, I think that most coaching programs don't pay attention to that part. And I thought it was really well um, thought and, and you know, structured for me to build a program that I, you know, that finally, so I finally sold, my fridge coaching program after doing the program. So for me, it was really helpful. Yes, yes. I love that part. And and I'd have to agree that that building up your coaching practice piece is definitely something that um, I've seen lacking in, in other programs. So I'm really proud that we're able to offer that um, really as a central part of and theme for our, our coaching program, our certification right. program. Right. So I was coming back to the part that I mentioned before is you have your days and your calendar so blocked in times. And I know you talked about um, where you live, Atlanta. Well, you didn't talk about it, but it's in your bio, right? You live in Atlanta. And you mentioned yes. that you like hiking on the Kennesaw, Kennesaw Mountain. Yes. So I looked it up. I looked for photos and so on. And it, I, it's yeah. really, it's really beautiful. It's really green. Um, you have a great overview yes. over Atlanta. It's really beautiful. And you have a son, uh, Jill. Um, 
Damn, so, yeah. So, so are they are they also really structured in your time blocks this whole thing of your free time and hiking and everything how do you because you're also coaching the week how do you still arrange all this stuff right so i have something called and and you know i can't take credit for this but my my pastor dr darius daniels teaches us about a uh, an ideal week so i literally have a calendar um, where I have blocked out those pieces of my life. It's called my, the life pie, right? So we have our, you know, whatever it is, our finances, our health, my professional life, and you divide that out into pieces. And it's literally an Excel spreadsheet. And I have, you know, so on a Monday, ideally, like what needs to get done on a Monday? What needs to get done on a Tuesday? What needs to get done on a Thursday? And so I had this ideal week. And, and it is ideal, right? Because life happens and we have to allow some flexibility right because life doesn't go as planned i think we all <laughs> have experienced that right so you know i i lay out this plan right and you know i i really do try my best to um you know to, to stick to that so it's really all about being intentional you know i mean i i set my intentions for my day and then there are times you know what you know i need to spend more time with Jalen. you know um and I, and I do, you know, or, you know, um, I want to hike for, you know, maybe an extra hour or so. And, you know, I'm able to do that and, and just make some shifts. So um, there is a, a level of flexibility that I do have to add in my schedule just to allow for life to happen. Right. So the um, it, it sounds that you have that all so under control. Obviously, Not like, always. You just yeah, like you just mentioned, life is just sometimes happens and you lose control, but um, you haven't really structured in, 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 a, in, a, in a good way. Um, so if you look at the program that we just mentioned, the Habits mm -hmm. Code Certification Program, and by the way, you can see yeah. the link at the bottom of the screen. I'm going to just show you what the um, page looks like. Um, where yeah. you can you know look more about the eight weeks with the program but can you tell us a bit more about the structure of this program absolutely um so again the habit coach certification it is a eight-week program and it's going to teach um, aspiring habit coaches really the mindset and the skills that they need to empower clients just like us to turn their goals and intentions into consistent action. And so the way the program is structured, um, there are eight core weekly lessons. And so and each week will feature a live lesson that is recorded. Um, and there's going to be open office time for questions. We usually have two office hours that are one half hour each um, and an exercise for additional practice. And so that goes on for about eight weeks. Um, and we learn, uh, you know, things like starting out, like having a beginner's mind. And what does that mean? Um, we learn about, you know, we talked about tiny and starting small and the importance of curiosity. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, choosing a, your keystone habit and what that is. A lot of people don't know what a keystone habit is. Well, you're going to learn um, what that keystone habit is, how to work with clients and how to diagnose obstacles because, you know, there are going to be times when, you know, our clients are going to experience some difficulties in, um, you know, in, in starting their habits. 
So we're going to talk about that. And of course, you know, Erna, we just talked about, you know, building your coaching practice and what that means. Um, it's goal setting, pricing, um, building your library of messages. So there's just so much, you know, wonderful information um, and practice. And I forgot to add that practice. You, you know, as a, uh, you know, as a member of this program, um, you will have the opportunity to practice with actual clients and get that experience um, under your belt um, and really just helping people to, to develop their habits and work through them. Yeah, I can remember still, I have still two of the clients that started with me with the practice from the course um, that I still haven't still in touch with. So, um, oh, so once great. in a while, I, I'll keep in touch and ask how they're doing, how they're doing with the goals, how they're doing on their yeah. ideas. So it's so wonderful to um, help these people through the program and to you know teach yourself at the same time, but help them as well. So that I, I thought it was really wonderful to do that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So coming back to the leadership part, right? So that you are a leader, not just in the program, but also in your work. Um, if you, and I know you talked about this in your bio, but you have, um, you read about, you read a lot of the books from John Maxwell. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, have I, it right here. I was keeping next to me. It's, on my desk all the time. <laughs> I didn't know about uh, about John Maxwell. Okay, so you have oh, one book that sounds it's it's full of pictures. But, so which is, is of his books is your favorite? Oh my gosh, that's a really unfair question. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> right. I would have to say it's very unfair. Um, I mean, I would say okay. okay. I'm I'm gonna rephrase. I'm gonna rephrase the question to make it yeah. easier for you. What so book of him should I read? Ooh, okay. Um, I would say the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, definitely. And I, I literally keep this on my desk. You can see ads in here um, because it's, I read it a lot. But I, and it's not just about leadership as in, you know, leading teams, but also about leading yourself. And that's mm. really, really important. If we can't lead ourselves, then we can't lead other people well, right? Um, so I would definitely recommend it's one of your irrefutable laws. Cool. And I, 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 I read a lot. So I just, um, I think I will just see how I can get the book. I saw there was a 25th anniversary edition now. So I'll just, yeah. I think I will just grab that version. And, um, Perfect. <laughs> and I think that, um, yeah, there's so much that I want to talk to you about. Um, okay. I have, I have one question. Another question, what you do is you, are a youth mentor as a volunteer on the Bernadette's house. Yes. Um, yes. What is what is what they what do they do? What what do you do there? What is it what they do? Yeah, so I Bernadette's House is a nonprofit organization. It's actually based in in Laurel, Maryland, where I used to live. Um, and they have an after school program that mentors young girls who are who are at risk. And so I became involved with Benedict's House maybe 10 years ago. It's been a while. Um, and so I still keep in touch with my mentees. Um, even though I'm in Atlanta, we do meet virtually now. But with my mentee, we would meet every week. Uh, when I was in Maryland, we would meet every week in person. You know, we would, um, 
you know, just do field trips. We would, I would drive them to um, my alma mater, University of Virginia, um, just to give them a taste of what it's like to be on a college campus. Um, and we would just spend time just listening to them. Sometimes, you know, all the girls needed was just someone to, to listen to and to, to share their, their dreams with. Um, and so one of my mentees, I'm so proud of her. She's um, graduating high school um, the next couple of months. I believe she's going to be attending Towson University. So it's just things like that that just make my heart sing because um, I've been with her since she was 13. And to see her you now getting ready to graduate and move on to college is just, um, it's just amazing. Such a good feeling. Yeah. And, and. You you mentioned she's your mentee, and you before mentioned you have a mentor. How important? I have is many it, mentors. <laughs> have many mentors, exactly. So, how yes. important do you think is a mentor for you know in your working environment, or even if you go to school? Yeah, I think it's it's crucial. It is so crucial. You know, in I first learned about this phrase called "you're having a board of directors." You know, when I entered corporate America, and I didn't really understand what that meant. When I first started, I just wanted to do it, try to do everything on my own. I didn't get very far, you know. Um, <laughs> but once I started embracing this concept of having mentors, of having like a personal board of directors, people that um, that are you know further along in their career than I am, that know more than I do, because um, I surely don't know everything. <laughs> just people I can bounce ideas off of. Um, and people who can honestly, Erno, you know, just tell me when, you know, I'm not doing the right thing. You need people in your life that, you know, can just um, be honest with you and just like, hey, Malika, you know, that might not be the best decision or that might not be the best direction. Right. And just people that can just help your course correct. Um, it's really important to have those kind of people to, to keep you honest as you're growing. And I agree. And. And I also get the question from people who are looking for mentors, where do you find a mentor? How, how did you find your mentors? Yeah. You know, I think you can find mentors anywhere. And I think sometimes we limit ourselves because we think that a mentor just has to be a physical person. I think that's ideally the best way, right? I mean, it's just to have a physical person that you can meet with or talk to. But some of my best mentors are people that I've never met. Um, I actually did have the opportunity to meet John Maxwell last year, so which was was awesome. Um, you know, so you can have mentors through books. You can have mentors. Um, I found mentors through my job, through um, through Accenture. They have a program called Leap um, that I, I mentor uh, new joiners through that program. But I also signed up um, to be mentored, right, so that I can grow as as a leader and, and build my network. Um, so I think sometimes we just have to get a little bit resourceful, but not limit ourselves to one view of what a mentor should be, right? right. Um, because again, there could be someone really amazing that I do want to mentor me, and I might not have access to them right now, but I have access to their books. I have access to their audio books or their videos. Um, and I can use that until you know I'm able to maybe one day meet them at a conference or maybe one day even get mentored. Yeah. 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 I agree. I, I agree. I do the same thing. And um, leadership is a really important topic for me. So I'm coming back to it again. You, sure. you mentioned that um, the most effective team have leaders who listen deeply 
ask great questions and weave psycholo psychological safety into their teams. Um, yeah. Let's talk about these three things. So, so yeah. listen deeply. I think in general, we listen, um, if even if, if we're not a manager, but we listen to other people. How, what kind of extra effort do you put into listen deeply? Listening deeply means being present. And gosh, that can be so hard sometimes, right? We're getting the pings from emails and phones. For me, it's just like, okay, let me turn the phone off, right? Let's, I am a big fan of, you know, we use Microsoft Teams. I'm a big fan of do not disturb, right? So that I can just focus on the person that I'm talking to or the task at hand. Um, so it's just, again, and I'm no master of this, but it's something I'm more intentional about just being present with, with my team. I also be present with myself also. We have to be, again, you know, we have to, um, you know, practice these things on our own and with ourselves. So a big part of listening deeply for me is just being present um, and also just keeping my mouth shut just a little bit longer. Just like Malika, can you just be quiet just for five more seconds, right? And just listen a little longer. Yeah, I know. It's, and sometimes it is difficult to not jump in and yeah. give advice and things that you hear that sound so familiar. Yeah. And, and how do you create um, this psychological safety? Because I know from yeah. the research from Amy Edmondson, it is really important if you want to create a good team or a good work sphere. Yeah, you know, and I would have to say, unfortunately, I learned about this because I, I've been in in and on projects where this wasn't the case. And it it just felt so horrible when you are in an environment where you feel like you can't make a mistake, hmm. right? Or you just can't be yourself. And so I have made it my one of my goals as a leader to just create safe spaces for my designers to explore um to just be who they are and to make mistakes like it like it's okay and this isn't saying you know that we there isn't room for improvement or there isn't room for um you know for us to deliver excellent work yes that is what our clients pay us to do and we have to do that but um people don't give their all right they don't really design um, to the best of their ability when they're afraid <laughs> that, you know, they're going to be uh, reprimanded or, um, you know, or talked down to because they failed or they made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, like you just said um, before, you've experienced, but I know that myself and also other people experience a lot of mm -hmm. unsafe environments. And it's, um, and on one hand, it is easy to create a space that's safer, that feels a lot safer. Um, and at the same time, apparently it's not because it's there's so many spaces out there that are not safe enough right now. So if, <laughs> if, if you are a leader, I think, it's, I think is a, it is a good way to uh, work on habits like you just mentioned um yeah. a couple of those you just mentioned to you know to create a safer a, a, a psychological safer workspace and that's because it, it will just make people you know so much more comfortable and happy um, and that doesn't yeah. mean that they won't work hard it doesn't mean that they won't deliver actually i think they will deliver more because you give them the space to you know to develop to 
like you just mentioned, make mistakes, right? So if you make mistakes, you can improve. If you don't make mistakes, you will never improve. So there's a lot of reasons to um, to create this really safe space for them. Agree. Okay, so let's close up. Um, I'm just curious to one more thing because I was just going to show you um, where people can register. Oh, that's not what I was looking for. I need to look this one. See, if you um, put your um, phone and click on the link to QR code, you will go directly to the certification to where you can register or find more information. But tell us again, when do you start? When when do you need to register and how does this work? Absolutely. So the program kicks off on Saturday, March 18th. And we're bringing it back to Saturdays by popular demand. We were meeting on Mondays previously, but now we're on Saturdays, on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock Eastern. And so you can sign up now. Registration is open. And so we would love to have you just to, to um, just teach you the skills and the mindset to be able to serve people in a way that you're helping them to achieve their goals and intentions through through habit design. So we would absolutely love to have you. It's gonna be an exciting, uh, exciting eight week uh, course and cohort. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah, and I think I think you're right, you know, by starting on Saturday, it's just like you just mentioned before, if you, if you do this next to your day job, to your professional work, um, it's really great if you can, you know, do the course on a Saturday because it doesn't interfere with your job. And um, it's a great way to learn how to start doing this side by side. So it's just wonderful that you're starting again on Saturday. Yeah. Well, Malika, um, hopefully you still have some space to hike um, in the, in you know in nature in the woods in on on the mountain or not the mountain. I play. It's it's not a mountain. It's called a mountain. Well, yeah, it is. Kennesaw Mountain. Yeah, yeah it is. A, Kennesaw I, Mountain. But it, it looked more like a hill to me. <laughs> but maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm confusing that part. <laughs> I'm not sure how it was, but it, yeah, okay. A mountain. It's a mountain. It's a mountain. Kennesaw Mountain. It's actually called Kennesaw Mountain. So it, it is a mountain. Yes. Um, thank you very much for you know talking about your ideas, you know, your your ideas about tiny habits, about leadership, and about the program, of course. And yes. thank you, and I'm looking forward to see you talk to you later again. Yeah, same here. Thanks so much, Erno, for the time. Appreciate it. Okay, I need to do this. Don't forget about this part. Um, right, the video, the video is on blog.coachme right next monday Perfect. and um thank you for joining us because if you you know, want to see our next guest um, every friday at 9 a.m central or 4 p.m central european time thank you very much and see you later thank you